as Dermot Kelly has the puck. Nice one-handed pass to Benson Miller behind the net. Dermot Kelly shoots twice, rebound, they score! The Bentley Generals have scored in double overtime! The Bentley Generals are 2009 Allen Cup champions! Rackerson to Hayes, Drew Amazi scores! The Bentley Generals have done it! Found the five hole on Steve Christie. The Bentley Generals are Allen Cup champions. And it grabbed there in the corner, played towards the blue line. Todd gets it out, Todd will skate it away. Here's Jesse Todd, he'll add to it. Barney Schenker coming at you here. Monday Nooner Senior Hockey Special. And of course, anything Monday Nooner brought to you by our title sponsors in Rosetown, Saskatchewan, Rosetown Mainline GM, and Rosetown Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Both the king of trucks. Worth the drive every time. Those guys and girls always supporting everything when it comes to local hockey, especially senior hockey in Saskatchewan and basically all across Western Canada. Now the Senior Hockey Soiree, as always, Brought to you by Freeze Talman Lumber in Regina and Fort Capel. They're not the big box stores, but they're probably going to be able to help you out with whatever you're doing this spring or summer. If you don't think you can tackle that job, well, then they're going to find someone to come over and do that. But they're probably going to walk you through all the steps much better, way better than going to the big box stores. And you're supporting local and guys and girls that support local hockey in Saskatchewan. Thanks to Freeze Talman Lumber. If you know anything about senior AAA hockey in the last 20 years, you definitely have heard the name the Bentley or Lacombe Generals. Based in Alberta, probably the most successful senior AAA team in the last 20 years. Now, the team starts in 99-2000 with an ad in the local paper. Senior hockey team looking for players. But they had a good one of their own. And in the early years, the team is going to be based around that guy. Travis Stevenson, great hockey player. Played in the AJHL, played for the University of Calgary, then a cup of coffee in the West Coast Hockey League. Travis is going to be key in recruiting players and also scoring a lot of goals in those early years when the team was a little lean. Now, a guy that's going to do a lot of talking over the next hour is Jeff McInnes, or Guinea as they called him. He comes a second year. He's going to explain that here. He initially joins the Bentley Generals as a defenseman and then ends up being the team's general manager down the road in the glory years. I come the second year. I, the first year I was at school in Calgary, and I remember Craig Hillman, one of the founding players on the first year, had, was kind of asking, and, and I had no idea. I had, I had no prior knowledge as to what senior hockey was. I um, I was dating a girl whose who, who sister was dating a, a player who played with, with a team in the league. And, and I just, I hadn't had the time to go watch them. And as I started to, to get, you know, to get closer to that, uh, the, my second season when I did join, I still didn't know until we got there. And, and uh, 
and they had they had this terrible uh, event at the at the end of the first year where there was a a, a sideshow of a of a provincial run that went sideways when the players were drop kicking uh, players and goalies were leaving and and by the time by the after that first practice I remember of the the camaraderie was already built by the, this the stories of what transpired in the first year I was so hooked on Jesus Christ, I've got to come back because this is unbelievable we'd sit in that dressing room floor at the end of the old Bentley Hall. And and half the guys were smoking at that time, and and it looked like a bingo hall. And we had a couple prison guards across the way telling stories about what happened at the at the prison that day. I was just hooked. I was hooked. We hooked a lot of guys, didn't we, Guinea? Oh fuck! It was just an intoxication. It it was an indoctrination. It was it was uh, yeah. It was an elixir. You got in that room and you found that, that there was this this uh, group of people who started the team, who were so sincerely, genuinely glad you were there that you gave your time to, to join and they were sincerely wanting to know about you as a person and they just kept handing you another beer and another slice of pizza we were hooked so goddamn fast this is what i'm talking about it's, it's 2 a.m it's wednesday night and i don't want to go home <laughs> like, what's going on what have you people done to me and and so and and we weren't very good but we had some some bumps and bruises, but yeah, that my first year, our second year it was so, it was such an eye-opening thing. Well, you know, it was, it was fixating. Now you heard from Jeff McGinnis. You're going to hear from Travis Stevenson more. And then the third guy in this program is Wes Gary. Now, Wes is that key guy that every senior hockey team has had. You're going to feel his passion and love for this franchise. Now, I can't even imagine the hours upon hours that he put into this organization to make it what it was. He describes how Stony Plain and their success was always the measuring stick early on. We were we were in a league in the Chinook League that had had a little bit of everything in it, but what it did have was was an Allen Cup champ from '99. And and when when them guys come to town or we went to their town, it was a much kind of different story. It was much tougher as as a manager, as one of the guys. Like you really felt for your players. Never ever had enough. We weren't strong enough in any way, shape, or form in those years to handle that team. And they played you like it was the final game in the Allen cup championship. Every time there was no, there was no mercy. So it was hard on our, it was hard on our boys. And and so from, from our, from management side, it was just those first two years, especially three years were just gross and trying to get them guys enough players. It was fun, but it, but it was, it was, uh, it was a struggle. How, so explain, you know, because a lot of people will know either, you know, the Manitoba, how the senior hockey works there. Again, there isn't a lot. Saskatchewan, you got leagues kind of everywhere. In Alberta, a lot of people have heard of the Chinook League. So was that kind of always the league and did it come with a lot of traveling? It was, and we were ge- geographically favorable because we were in a good spot. We were between the big cities of Calgary and Edmonton and the league was comprised of teams around that. We were, there wasn't much south of us. But um, yeah, so that was that was the league where well, a Stony Plain was in it, and and geographically we were situated for it. There was you know there's three or four other leagues, but they never had any AAA teams really, and uh, so we, we were just yeah we were situated for the Chinook League, and there was you know at time at that time there was maybe six, maybe eight, maybe five. It, it fluctuated over the years, you know teams coming and going, whether it was the Westlocks, the Beaumonts, the the Wetaskiwins, Rockies, the uh, you know the uh, Drayton Valleys, you know there was teams coming and going, but uh, but yeah, that's where we were, and and that that was certainly the league, the strongest league, because of uh, 
to credit Stony Plain. Those first few years, did you guys try and stay as local as possible? How far of an area did you draw from? And when, if you do start playing the import game? There was players on the moon we'd have tried to get them. There was no <laughs> limit right out the gate. We'd just try and get them anywhere you could get them because it was hard. you just try and find guys who would come to that rink and, and put the uniform on. So there was no there was no boundaries in that in that sense. We were just trying to trying to keep it going in those first first years. Yeah, it's different. You know, small town Saskatchewan. It's uh, you're you see hockey differently than what we've our experience in senior hockey is different than that of a guy who grew up and like yourself. Your senior hockey uh, baptism and and life has been different than ours. We don't have the money in each town, and and these guys are getting this much, and 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 um, we didn't have. Uh, imports versus non-imports like Wes said it was just where's the guy let's get him did you guys learn um, a lot from a Stony Plain or any of the other teams in the Chinook or even a Lloyd Minster or teams like that did you did you learn a lot along the way and did you maybe lean on some of them for you know advice well I'll say as a player you know where you had to be if you wanted to win that was nice you know they were the they were the top when we got there. They were top for years until we eventually did beat them, and it took a lot of work uh, along the way. But at least you had something to shoot for, you know. With, with Stony, me yeah. With Stony yeah. playing you, yeah. Yeah, you had something to shoot for, and you know, Wes and and, and Guinea touched on it. Like we take anyone, we'd go into Stony sometimes in the Bentley community van with six, seven guys, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, Try to put up a fight, and and then they'd get up on you by ten, and then they'd beat the shit out of you. Like I mean, and just absolutely beat the shit out of you. Like it wasn't, it was crazy hard. One of our favorite stories is we go to Stony Plain, and sometimes we'd actually beat them. Uh, Travis would put on a stick handling uh, import a show, uh, and, and uh, Travis was our was our goal scorer. Travis was our our firepower, and so it was it, it was McDavid and, and the Three Stooges after that. So. <laughs> So we would just uh, try and keep the puck out of our own end, chip off the glass and get it to, to Travi and he'd do his stick handling. But we would, uh, we would beat them once a year at least. And, yeah. and they, I mean, they weren't, you know, they'd overlook us, I'm sure. But what we, what it did was it gave us hope that, well, shit, maybe we can get there. And, and so uh, for the first two or three seasons, when we would, would, would clip a win out of them, I, it put some wind in our sails. And uh, I remember one night we get to Stony Plain and, and it's thin, it's thin. And, and, you know, it was funny because you'd get there and you'd think that, okay, well, we've got, eight in the van and then so-and-so and so-and-so is going to meet us there. We'll have enough. And then you get that, you get there and they're not there. So it's just us. And then you look back and the trainers are sick because they dropped Wandler's gear on highway two and drugged the goalie's gear for 30 miles. And then they did back and forth circuits trying to find it only to find out that they were dragging the goddamn thing. So then, so now Wandler's beside himself because that was my New York Rangers gear. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there's the trainers trying to buff out the skates. No, he's not going to play. So now we got the backup goalie. We got six skaters. And Travis looks at Wes and he says, "Let's go." And he takes him on the hallway and he says, "Listen, if that fucking trainer, if our our beloved trainer Red Mitro, if oh, yeah. red if red dresses, I quit. We're done." <laughs> Wes is rubbing his hands together like, "What can I? How can I pull a rabbit out of my hat?" And Red, he would skate with us the odd time at practice just to give us someone to go around. We pull it back. Um. In year three, we pulled back from AAA and went back to what they called A back then and went that route. And it was probably the best thing we did in the early years was just you didn't – it was still hard to compete in the league against the likes of Stoney and Innisfil and those things, especially Stoney still. But it, it gave us an opportunity to kind of figure out 
what the rest of the teams were like in Alberta. So we got to see a bunch of those other teams in those other leagues. But that was a championship. We won a banner that year in 02, and it was it was really important for the for the team in in, in getting it off the ground. That o, that O two win was huge for us. Is then is it it's two thousand two two thousand three that you guys go back uh, into AAA? Yeah, I think so because that was the year that Big Smitty joined us, and he said he wouldn't fucking play unless we went AAA. And so uh, big Kevin Smith, who was a real big shot in our, in our arm. Oh, he was a big ad. Yeah. And we also, but we also added guys like Brett Allen and Kent Beagle and yeah. Bryce yeah. Wandler maybe that year. And we, we had, we had quite a uh, brother-in-law Zinger joined us. Darren Zinger. Joined us. So we had, we had quite an influx of players that year, which, which uh, all of a sudden, I guess we probably were a legitimate AAA competitor. Yeah. Not a contender yet, but a competitor. So then which year, do you guys go to your first Allen Cup? Is it 2004? The next year, yes. Yeah. 2004, yes. Yeah, we got our heart heart kind of broke in, in three in pretty short order. And there was a picture of us. We took it. It was the only team picture we had that year. And I, I, I still have it out, out in my office on the wall. And we took it after we got beat and everybody was sweating. Like they were just wet with water. And the most dejected team pitch you'll ever see in your life yeah. it was a good reminder of of uh, yeah the fact that we weren't there yet but but we were getting closer for sure for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. and in 0304 we uh we had a we had another situation where we we were battling with stony plain we were the second best team by this point in the juncture of the league and uh stony has an undefeated season that year they go 28 no we can't clip them in the regular season but late in the year, we add a few guys, Jared Carley and that David Southoon and, and uh, Jimmy Lawrence, and we, we sweep them. We sweep them in the playoffs. And Darcy uh, Dallas. And, and Darcy Dallas. And, and, our, and, our, and that's the first time, really, our rink is now full. Now Bentley's got General's Fever. The rink is full. We're getting players. And, uh, and that, another monumental thing that happened by that point, and we had, we had built our dressing room. So we had – we had, we had built a dressing room on the ass end of that arena that was something to be very proud of, and it gave us a home. And so now, now look out, because now we've got a home. We can, we can regulate our hours wherever we want, and uh, Wednesdays are becoming more successful for practices. And uh, so now we're really starting to get some traction. And we swept all three series to go to the Allen that we swept Stoney and his fail and trail. Right. Yeah. So then the fir- that first, first go-around at the Allen Cup, Obviously, you guys don't win. Um, you know, you learn a lot about that team. So then it's the next year, the 2005 Allen Cup, so 2004-2005. You guys know where you got to go. You know where, you know, probably Stony is the team you guys got to beat. But then you guys find out about this team from up north and what's happening there. Um, if you go back to that, um, what, do you, what do you remember about, you know, initially hearing – watching Horse Lake, ad guys throughout the year, and then finally finding out that you guys got to play them? Well, I'll talk first as far as a player's standpoint. We went in and sort of the scouting report was, well, their defense was their, their, their weak spot. When I think after the first game, we found out it wasn't their weak spot. In fact, it was probably their, their strongest, some of the guys they had back there. And we had trouble scoring that first game. But I know the – and Wes and, and Jeff can tell the story better – but the, the noise around that series uh, and where we, the venue we moved it to and into that WHL building 
and the, you know they sold more beer in those two games and they blew records like it was crazy outsold it two games in a row you know flurry loved it gino loved it just because they're used to that and the talk was surrounded around them and, and they knew it they let you know that on the ice and but it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of yeah i, I thought we did a pretty classy job of just hosting them i mean we didn't want to expect with them like we were pretty naive to what they were bringing we just thought maybe they were pretty used up with those older nhl guys and we weren't that really that worried about them but i mean we got worried in a hurry like soon as yeah i mean it didn't take long to figure out that hey we're gonna we're gonna have our boots right full with these guys how how was it going up there you know because uh Wade did a great job in the Horse Lake episode of painting the picture when you guys went up there. The dogs when we pulled in, the dogs alone in front of the arena would have scared that. That was a lot of things, but yeah, just the dogs. It wasn't like there was a ton of them, but yeah, they were just mean and gnarly. And yeah, it just went from there. They did a wonderful job of building a a, a rink and a team and a a mystique now because it's so out of the ordinary. And uh, that Chief Dion Horseman and those guys wanting to in, put their influx of loot in there. And they did a good job of building a team that was a really good hockey team. And we underestimated them. And from Kipper, Kip Noble and, and Misko Anteson and, and uh, their blue line was tremendous. And their forwards, the Travis Cunningham and Jerry Cunningham. And, and uh, uh, they had a lot of good players. Steve Reed, I remember they won, they won the first game 2-0 in, in Red Deer. And then we beat them 4-1 the next night. And now we're thinking we're in a series. We go up there and... We were hooped. No, we were we were intimidated. Parsons was in our Parsons was in our head. Dodging horse. I remember hitting me at center ice and and I cramped my wrist and I was like, I'm good. My wrist is hooped and it was hurt. But I'm like, yeah, we're hot. We're fucked. We're, we're 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 down by a touchdown. It's over, boys. The dream's dying this year. <laughs> the next year, which I guess would be 2006 Allen Cup. You know, how does that year go? Or, or maybe the better question is, what year does? Uh, does Brian Sutter come on and how does, how does that all come about? He, he didn't come to the next year and in, in, in 06 in 06, we had a decent year. We had, we had gotten some guys who were tough as hell, big, strong team. I mean, we, we team as you'll ever see on paper with that, what we have, yeah. but what we, we lacked skill, we lacked lots of things. And, and one of the guys we got in that year that came down and, and played was, uh, was Kelly Buckberger played in 06 and through Smith, through the connection to Kevin and Ryan and those boys, uh, Jared, we were able to get Kelly there and he was really, really enjoyable. Just a good old Saskatchewan boy that was still in quite good shape and could help and play, but we didn't, it wasn't, wasn't on him. We just didn't have a strong enough team that year. And we, we, we hit a pretty savvy, strong sports Saskatchewan team in the playoffs. And, and, uh, and we didn't expect that we, we're not going back to the Allen Cup. There's no Horse Lake. Hey, you know, all roads lead to Powell River that year in BC, and it didn't happen. So yeah, when they called us out, the locals, you know, had now we had a following. There was a we called it the Army. There was a following, and and that was about the time we started to, uh, you know, gain fan. We had fans, so we disappointed a lot of people in 06 by losing. And I listened to all the games at the Allen Cup in my basement on the radio that Powell broadcast them over the internet on the radio. And it burned a lot. Uh, that was the year I remember, you know, we we thought we had something again. Now, no, no horse lake. There's no money team going to knock us out. We got this. No, shit. An upstart Fort Saskatchewan team, good team, beats us. And uh, and so now we go after that year, we said, well, we need a coach. Because we we were 
we, we, we need someone to really, really, you know, give us some more structure, um, kind of full time. And yeah. uh, so we went out and got drunk at, at Sutz's farm and uh, uh, just got annihilated. And we went out there and, and he said, well, you think you want to win, but you don't know if you really want to win. And, you know, he really, you know, busted our balls a bit. And, uh, and he came on and uh, gave us a huge shot in the arm. Uh, you know, a real legitimacy, uh, you know, impact type guy. And everybody wanted to listen, but he had to, you know, he had to come in and he, he had to lay some ground rules and some expectations. And so now we can't just have our friends on the team. Um, he felt that we were an old boys club that way. We're, so yeah, he pushed us. He, he did a great job of pushing us to, uh, to question the comfortable level of who's on the team. And he, and he fell in love with some of our guys and, and, uh, and played the shit out of them and then got the, got the best out of Kent or, you know, uh, yeah. James Bullock. Yeah. I remember he loved those guys. He, he, he was, he was good. Bergen. The Steenbergens. Yeah. He loved. And so, yeah, he did a great job of uh, injecting some enthusiasm in our organization, the fans, you know, the, the, the fans because of the name would come. Uh, yeah. He did a wonderful job. Now we lost. We owe six Oh seven. We have a great team. We go to Stony Plains Allen cup. We had beat Stony Plain. We had our first real true McKenzie cup battle, Fort St. John and Red Deer. That's, that was a monumental oh, series. Um, we, we had to get the mayor of Red Deer to open up the rink on, uh, Oh fuck. It was quite a deal. We uh, worked our ass off to get the series into Red Deer. I had to quit by this time. I'm done by this time. I'm helping Wes run the yeah. team. Yeah. And, and, uh, and let's move to Red Deer. We got too many fans for Bentley. Let's go to Red Deer. So we have a five game series in five days against Fort St. John and Red Deer, 2,200 people a night. There's an absolute senior hockey love affair happening in central Alberta. And Rod, Rod Branch is pistol fucking hot in the Fort St. John net. And so now the games go seesaw, 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 and uh, win, lose, win, lose. And then in game five, we beat him five, nothing. The bubble burst. Rosie scores a, an all-time dangled goal there. And, uh, and off to the Island Cup we go. And so now we've won our way in. We beat our beat the host, beat a good Stony Plain team in the playoffs prior to that to get to that point. Now we get to the Stony Plain Allen Cup, and I'd have to say we're probably a, pretty close to a favorite. Uh, you know, we play a Halifax Molson Canadians team. We beat nine to four in the round robin. We play Lloyd Minster, beat them four one in the round robin. We've got the bye. We go to the semis. We play the Whitby Dunlops, and by Jesus, if they don't beat us in overtime, a, a seeing eye double overtime shot that uh, Scotty Glenza got spun around, and 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 holy shit, it's over. So Sutz comes in the room after and starts talking to the guys like, you know, they blew it. Uh, you know, you guys don't know what's going on. He's talking like there was another game, like it wasn't over. He's like, you know, basically he's like, you know, Wednesday at practice, you're going to get fucking skated. It was the most bizarre post-game thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I don't even know if at the time. Yeah, I was just puzzled. People are looking at him. Yeah, he's talking like, come on, you guys, fuck's sake. We got to be better than that, you know. Well, no, it's over now. Like that's the season. <laughs> I got to go to work tomorrow, Sets. <laughs> yes, that's how that's how it works. We'll see you in the fall, but uh, it's over now. So, so Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd wins that that Allen Cup in in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You guys make it back to the final. Can't win the jug again. Was it was it the same team two thousand eight, two thousand seven? Just about every year. We, we re, re, rebuilt the team. That's what's so bizarre. But 08 was almost like just a handful of guys, really. There wasn't many. There wasn't many at all. Brian didn't come back. He took the job for his brother in yeah, Red Deer. Brent goes, Brent goes to the NHL, gets Brian to coach the, the Rebels. They're atrocious. He does not have a good time that we lost him And they just yeah. kind of basically had some guys um, went to work, and we, we drug 
some new bodies in and, and back to a little more local like Travis had, had, had left us, but, but helped us get a guy that changed the organization. I mean, he was just, he was you Trav for the next 10 years. I mean, he did even more because he coached even with Sean Robertson and you brought him in in 08. Um, we, we brought a guy back that was born and raised in Bentley that was in the hay playing in, uh, for the Philadelphia Phantoms, I believe it was. I remember talking to him and getting a deal done with, with him to come back. And his wife was a teacher and said, yeah, I'm loading the U-Haul. We'll be there in three days or whatever from New York or from Pennsylvania. And yeah, and he was with us right till, till the end. Part of a real big run for us, uh, 08, because, uh, now, you, you know, we've made some inroads. We've got a, we've got a team where, um, we've got some nucleus pieces coming in Rubes and, and Mo, uh, and we're starting to figure out how to get these men and we're, and we're getting them occupations. And so, uh, the witchcraft that, that, you know, the, the, the special sauce, well, yeah, you, you challenged Don Morrison. What's your degree in? Oh, it's in construction management. Oh, and you're playing in the American league. Yeah. Well, do you want a job? We have three offers for him the next day, basically, like literally, because I asked him and we're asking the question and, and got a hold of Jeff and, and said to him, like, this is what he, what he has for a degree. <clears throat> Boom. We had him, we had him working like literally there was a job sitting there and he's, He's only had two since he came home, and that was one of them for probably ten years or twelve years. This is this is the guy for, that was in Philadelphia playing in the A. Yeah, this is Don Don Morrison. Don Morrison. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, just to back up, two thousand eight Sutter leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then um, like I said, you guys Allen Cup final can't win the jug. So then two thousand nine Sutter comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And is that 2009 team very similar to 2008 then, or is there a lot of changes again? Yeah, the core of the goalies, mm. Glenn's is back as a goalie. Donnie Moe's back on the blue line. Rubes is back up front. Durns uh, is there. Durns. We, we didn't have TR. Terry Ryan had left us. Mark Wolf had yeah. left us. We didn't have that, that sprinkle of NHL kind of experience. Or, back, you're right. You know. So, yeah, so 09, the team does drastic change, because now you're, but you gain uh, some tremendous pieces that go on for, for, History in in uh, in uh, Curtis Ostring, yeah, yeah, uh, you know Chris Martini, um, Scott Hood, Scott yeah. Hooder, yeah, Hooder comes in uh, from Lloyd. We we, yeah. had, we had brought back Dion Darling, which I'd run off the year before. Gotten the right, gotten the <laughs> you know that credit to Sutz that year. You know we he's driving this this. You know we're we're wholly focused now on winning an Allen Cup. We've lost. We've been to the we've been to the semis. We've been to the finals. And now we've got some tremendous character pieces, some skill pieces. Um, we're as strong as we'd ever been to that point in 08, 09. Big Smitty's still playing. Jared's playing. Hooter's playing. Kent Beagle's playing. Poor Chad's injured. He can't play. But by God, we, we had a deep team. And, uh, and, and we're steamrolling our league. If we get to another McKenzie Cup, we have a great McKenzie Cup with Fort St. John. Those McKenzie Cups were maybe some of the high points of our whole career. Um, we have a great McKenzie Cup in Red Deer again. We beat them. Uh, and we roll into Steinbach, Manitoba for uh, for a very tough tournament. And then, yeah, so that that's 2009, and a lot of people are gonna are gonna you know know that that's the first one you guys win and double overtime, you know, fantastic fashion. I remember watching that game actually. The emotion, right? Like, I think it's uh, it's Wes, you on the bench, like you're in tears. Ten years to get there. Yeah. I mean, my God, we, we we were we were devastated in 08. My three kids cried on the back steps of the Brantford Arena 
on a beautiful <laughs> April day losing in that game. And I mean, it was just devastating when your family's that close with this, like mine were and not, not only us, but yeah, it was, it was hard in 08 to lose down there. And it wasn't easy in 07 either. It wasn't any of those years, but, but to finally get one in double OT, which I mean, Jesus, you know, when you're in a, in a game like that in their home barn, I mean, I didn't think we were going to come out of there with that. Yeah, we had sure. that before Staz, Jeremy Stasier came on and he took penalty after penalty and they'd score on the power plays and we were down most of the night. And uh, what's his name? Got two goals. Manitowich? Manitowich, yeah. And then Kent tied it up. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, and so Durham's bangs in that, that, that uh, we had a Benz Miller, Harstead, uh, Dermot Kelly line that scores a winner through greasy, grindy, hard work. God love them. And, uh, and holy shit, did we party for the next however many months. We had a parade. <laughs> Barney, we had a parade in Bentley after that. That uh, there's video on YouTube. It's remarkable to to turn the corner and see those few thousand people. Um, yep. Yeah, nothing nothing could replace those moments with the family and the kids and the parade. Wow. 2010, you're back in the final, right? So you guys are thinking dynasty here. Here we go. 2011, you lose in the final as well, right? So really, you guys are like rolling. Easily could have three peated. Well, yeah, uh, conceivably could have three-peated, but, but uh, it, it's hard. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be – it's, you know, it's, it's attainable to be good it's a, and pretty good. And, and, uh, but by 11, we had a hell of a team in 11, maybe one of the best we'd ever had, but it got whittled down through injuries. Uh, Brandon Smith with a groin tear. Uh, Braden Appleby with, with a wrist getting skate over a wrist and my truck full of blood in the hospital. There's stories like that. Um, but uh, Andreas Moborg goes down with a high ankle sprain in January, and then Paul Cabana leaves after the semifinal of the Allen Cup to go take the fireman's exam. Yes. We lost in eleven, and that stung a lot. And 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 I remember Sutter trying to beat up the ref in the in the restaurant by by chance we were in the same restaurant, and oh fuck, it was horrible. Yeah. But well, that was embarrassing. But um, we, Sutter, we were hold getting, on, hold on, hold on. Sutter tries to beat up the ref after you guys lose. Well, he confronts him, and he's got him. He's got him by the nose, and he's. Uh, Four Vandermeers in there, and there was a, we had a yeah. There was a whole bunch of guys that actually like to mix it up big time in there. That just just at a glance, you'd say, "Well, this is going to be this isn't going to end up very good at all." No, no. It got pretty close to, uh, yeah, it was close. But what anyway, what happened? We, we, what happened? Did you guys get? Uh, was it getting the shaft? That's uh, 2011. Was that? That's in Kenora. I think he'd come into the he'd come in and for some reason they were they were eating at the same place that we just lost. We had the whole team in there and he came in, the ref did he made he passed a comment on the way by or something. Made some yeah, comment. I, think yeah, I can't remember to who or what he said, but he just set him off and yeah, fireworks. And uh, but we were starting to have some problems internally, uh, you know, where we where we uh, we were playing forwards as defensemen and defensemen as forwards and, and uh, uh yeah, I yeah. was having trouble with that. It was it was hard. Um, it's hard to it's it's hard. So we go to eleven twelve, and oh, go ahead, Barney. Hey, Travis, I want to I want to ask you. You know, as a, as a player, how hard was it as as a player? Also, how hard was it playing for Sutter? Did you guys get along? Uh, in fact, I'm figuring that there's probably some mind games, a lot of mind games here and there and whatnot. For you, how hard was it? And then for other guys and what you heard in the dressing room, how difficult was it for to, to play for him? Well, I only, I've only played with him the one year, and that was my last year when we lost in Stoney. And it was the year that I came back. And I just remember, and Jeff had kind of said it early, you know, it, it was – 
we kind of had the old boys there club for the longest time. I mean, my cousin was there. There were still some guys from Bentley on the team and that had grown up together. And, and I mean, to Brian's credit, it took him a little while, but he did understand after a while, you know, we did practice on Wednesday nights at nine 30 and, you know, there was busloads of us or van load coming from Calgary. So it was two hours there, two hours back. And then Sunday games, you know, we'd head down to the, you know, the bar and have a drink after and you get home late that night. And, and so after a while, Brian did kind of recognize that, you know, we did have jobs the next day and often, and we were coming and we had families and as much as we kind of, you know, some of us probably thought it was still the primary thing in our life was hockey that we still did have works work and, and jobs to, to, to go to. So, but as far as on the ice and that, I learned a lot from Brian. I mean, it was at times you thought he was a little bit cuckoo, not going to lie, just the way he thought and a little bit of that Western league mentality and, and, you know, the big slow winger kind of, kind of thing where, you know, I was always so, more of a skilled guy and, but no, he was, there was always backdoor talk, but no one ever really slammed him. Um, you know, and, and then like Jeff said, there was starting to get some, a little bit of uh, internal measures that happened that, uh, you know, I caught third hand from, from Wes and, and Jeff and guys like that. But uh, he, Brian was good. Like I, I personally, I enjoyed playing for him. So. 2013 was the next one you guys win and you guys host it, but you host it in Red Deer. Um, the undertaking to put that on was, uh, you know, did it come together the way you guys expected? How much work was involved in that? And, you know, did you did you kind of lean on a place maybe like Lloyd Minster and what they did and some of these successful Allen Cups to, to pull that off? We, we went up to Lloyd in 12 and we got beat out by Horse Lake in 12 and went up to Lloyd and spent uh, pretty much the week up there. Jeff and I, my oldest son and my oldest brother, there's four of us up there. We just, just went up there to see what they were doing, completely kind of watched top to bottom, learned a lot from their Allen Cup. And then, and then I mean, learned a lot from the other ones we were at in 04, uh, 07, 08. Yeah, we, we had a lot of experience with them to see what not to do and what worked really well. And we had an army of people to help in Red Deer. I mean, city was excellent. Their staff, their people, everything. Everything we we welcomed with open arms to the to the to the arena. The facility they had available. The curling rink was wonderful next door to it. And then the, we had a ton of help to put it on. I mean, yeah, we had we had we had, we had a thirty person um, uh, Allen Cup committee. A gentleman, a, a, a hell of a principal man named Dave Musso headed the committee. Uh, Cause I didn't want to do that. You couldn't have the guy running the team, running the committee. And so Moose comes in and runs a hell of a committee. And his goal from the, from the get go was to have the best Allen cup ever. Wow. Did we ever do a hell of a job? I mean, it was remarkable. Our beer gardens next door was pretty, re- pretty remarkable with the big screens and the girls, everybody liked the servers and, yeah. uh, and Live music. Yeah. Gordy, Gordy Banford had, had played, played a bit, but, but also had some pretty, pretty big name fans that had come in there for the week and, entertainer by this point by this good. point we had two guys who were really helping the team financially and that was darren paul and uh jim quinn and these two guys when there was an event to be held or a fundraiser whatever it was they were gonna they were gonna support it and they supported that allen cup to the nth degree as well uh they owe a, we owe a ton of credit to those guys now we've got an allen cup where there's you know friday night in the in we had i can't remember how many thousand people went through the, our, our beer gardens that night but if it was say 3000 or 4000 people went to the beer gardens after a game of of, of two games of 2200 people then because we had that Aaron Prichette or Prichette play and uh, 
And so now it's, it's we charge like three bucks a person. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know who he was. Like I've just charged something, I guess, right? And there's like four thousand people showing up for the, for, the, for this bachelor. We had the Hollywood lights oh, out front. Shit. You can see the Hollywood lights over Red Deer, and we had the, the ice sculptures, and we'd blown more money on that goddamn thing putting on. And so yeah, we had a hell of an event, and uh, and we had a, a hell of a hockey team. Uh, Brandon Cote and Ryan Tober and Bob Rutz were our coaching staff that year. We had made some tremendous changes from the from the the year before, and that was the start of a new chapter for our team. So you guys put on an, an unbelievable Allen Cup, and I know guys that talked about it that went to it. You spent a lot of money on it, acts, all this. Was it lucrative for, for the for the franchise? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I can't remember if there what the number was. If we had a hundred and a half in the bank, we had a lot of money. Probably two hundred. Yeah, and and so you know we were, but you got to remember, like from the time we started. Uh, Wes Gary beside me, this son of a gun should be, I hated the fact that he wanted to be a philanthropist. And, <laughs> and so he all, it pained me at times, but by God, we did more donations to cancer patients and to, and to good causes for, we were, we were the cause. I always said, remember Wes, we're the cause, like we don't have an income. And so my goal was to always just have everybody get free sticks and gear. And so, you know, we were always working towards that. And so, uh, I wanted to run it like it was kind of a, a junior franchise where you you know the go everything's there for you. There's going to be a coat and a stick and a bag and and uh, all the sticks and gear. And then when you put some time in, some skates and and then Wes would say, well, "Yep, but there's a little boy over here who needs some help." But by God, we'd raise it and and uh, it was wonderful. It was and it was some of the best, most important things we ever did was those causes. And uh, I remember when Mike Hurley got down uh, injured uh, in a terrible golfing accident with a golf cart and he was paralyzed. You know, we raised money for that lad that we played against all those years. And so uh, uh, after our Allen Cup win in 13, Cripes, we were donating to this cause and that cause and this group and that group. Oh, 4-H, you've helped us. Here you go. Oh, you were a marching band. Yeah, you guys need some drums. And, and uh, yeah, we were renovating the dressing room and we were, oh, my gosh, we were just, yeah, it was uh, Brewster's Millions. You win in 2013. Um, I, I want to talk about 2015. Mid-season, you guys relocate from Bentley to Lacombe. Not sure how much of a touchy subject it is. Why? It was time. Uh, the, the, the charm had worn off. The fans weren't coming. Uh, people would wait for us to come to Red during the end. They'd say, I'll see, I'll see in the playoffs. I'm not, so that we weren't getting the fan support and uh, everybody's getting sticks. Everybody's getting their stakes. And Wednesday nights are a, you know, a big deal for us. That was something we had all our years. Wednesdays were a big deal. And so we made it just as important. You didn't have to just show up to the games. You had to be at practice. And, and so it's very expensive to run a generals team where everybody's getting their sticks and everybody's getting their, we had two vehicles usually going to Calgary, one going to Edmonton. Anyways, we spent a lot to, uh, to run this team. And then when the fans aren't coming, well, and then we'd, we'd play a neutral site game. We'd say, let's play a game in this town or that town. And there'd be another 500 people would show up. So the writing was on the wall and, uh, and we had to pick the, you know, after all was said and done, it, it was, it was obvious. It had to be Lacombe. It just, it had the right facility. The town really wanted us. The, the, the people there uh, who ran the town uh, were very, not just accepting, but, but, but gracious and, and, and wanting us. And they built us a dressing room that was uh, remarkable. We'd already built our, you know, our 2,200 square foot facility in Bentley. That was unbelievable. Men didn't want to leave there. Uh, we had to duplicate that in Lacombe and we, and we did that. And uh, so um, moving to Lacombe was hard. There were some people that were pretty pissed off, but really we didn't lose anybody. This is the part of the story that I, I just love it. It's so cool. 2016 Allen Cup. Lacombe 
in the final again against Steinbeck or Southeast Prairie in Steinbeck, Manitoba, where they won their first championship. The game again goes into overtime, this time just one, and Lacombe wins their third franchise championship. Now, the next year, again in the final, but they lose. Then the next year, 2017-18, in the final of the Allen Cup again, and they lose. Like, that is just an amazing run to think about how many Allen Cup championships they could have won. So then 2018-2019 is the year that we're talking about. This year, Lacombe is hosting the Allen Cup. What do they do? They take a blueprint from what was successful in Red Deer and rinse, repeat. We knew the blueprint. We knew the people. Uh, you know, we, we had a hell of a committee again. Uh, well, it was even, even a better facility than Red Deer, I think, when you look at it. We had, we had all under one roof, the whole thing. We had the practice rink available to us in the barn. So we never got on the main ice for the guys during the day, which is a lot of times in that tournament a problem. So we were able to put those guys on the back ice. The beer gardens was connected to it. The upper lower, we had a sports hall of fame. We had all kinds of things in that facility. We used every square inch of it. And they just kind of finished it all prior to maybe a year before we'd hosted. So it was really, really cool to do that. And we got a great Saturday when we played that final. And the tickets... Uh, yeah, it was it was straight to the rafters, right full. And again, you couldn't have probably wrote a better story on how it how it ended up. It was every game yeah. sold out, right? Like the fans just filled the rink. Uh, you know, not just for our games. I mean, yeah, it was wonderful. So, 2019, you guys win it, and then you cease operations. The uh, Allen Cup West League. How hard was it becoming? Well, we'd never been stronger. Our 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 situation in Lacombe was just absolutely wonderful. Our you know, we had people like it's hard to describe. Uh, uh, you know, I got a guy, Alan Ward, who, who uh, my good friend, uh, love him to death. I, I I worked so hard at the generals. I think he, it wore off on him. And then he started to work so hard at it. You know, there's a guy who just said, you know what? I like that big screen we saw in Steinbeck. Let's buy a big screen TV. What do you mean? Let's buy it. Actually, he says, I'll buy it. Just pay, pay me back one day. So he buys like a $40,000 big screen TV. So now we've got a jumbotron in our ring. You know, there there's people that backed our team. Uh, that uh, you, you couldn't, no other team had that. No other people just, no, nobody else. <laughs> Reminds no. me of a story. We're playing Rosetown. We're going to play in Eckville, Alberta, in Rosetown in 2015 in an exhibition game. We've got two very important parts of our team, Cam McLeese and uh, Tori Dick. They're both students. They can't get to the game. It's a Saturday afternoon, and they're both writing finals. I said, Saturday? Why are you writing finals on a Saturday? Jesus Christ. I was so mad. We arranged two helicopters, one to go to Calgary at U of C and one to go to U of A and pick these players up for an exhibition game on a Saturday afternoon in Eckville. And neither player would do it. Well, because they, they said, well, I don't know when, like, it might take me four hours, it might take me three hours, it might take me five hours. I said, I've got you goddamn helicopters. Like, the helicopters are ready to deploy. Uh, we had people, like, it was unbelievable. We would go to depths that um, I don't think insane is 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 uh, has enough impact. Uh, there was an obsession at, at at that point where we had to win, and we had to win every game, and especially games against who we teams who we were you know feeling were measuring sticks. But the problem was is that we weren't enjoying ourselves. The, the season wasn't fun. Uh, you were bringing in these good young men, and they were going into games getting their necks broken. Um, 
and and because of uh, we had a league that was complete and utter dysfunction. Uh, teams hated each other. We were at the top so long that we were just absolutely loathed. They couldn't figure it out. It's got to be money. It's got to be money. Fuck, it's just money. They're beating us. Money. I'm sure it's money. It's got. Sorry, guys. I've been up for four hours. You're sitting at the coffee shop. We've already had two meetings, and we're building resumes with a guy in, in uh, Stockholm, Sweden right now. <laughs> we were putting so much effort in. Guys are buying big screens. Guys are making meals. Our Wednesday nights, there's pork tenderloin and Caesar salad and baked potatoes. The players are going home with big Ziplocs for their meals on Thursday and Friday at work. Um, we've got people, Wes's whole family's painting the ben, or the Lacombe Arena to be the general's colors. We painted an entire arena. Um, you know, we had a staff of people willing to do absolutely anything you ask. And uh, furniture, I, I can't even, I was trying to think the other night, Barney, how many places I furnished my wife and my kids and, and <laughs> somebody would come in from somewhere and we, we'd head down with a whole load of stuff, just like a care caravan of shit. And we'd outfit a whole apartment somewhere in the bowels of, yeah. you know, Calgary or Fox Creek, or there's all kinds of places like, you know, we just did things that nobody else did because, because that's what you needed to do to get the players, to get the quality we needed. We have to you send her an email. Yeah. Hey, I got a player. He needs a, a job in this, this, and this. And then he needs, you know, a microwave and an end table and, a, and some cushions. You had it all. It was just shopping by an email. Is that, did that, I guess, your success and how well-oiled you were, you guys were, how you guys ran your franchise, was that kind of the demise of the league because the other guys just couldn't do it the way you guys were doing it? Well, yeah, and and when we when we changed, our, when Sutz wasn't welcome back as a coach after the 12 season, uh, we'd, had, uh, we'd had too many differences of opinion, and uh, it was just a decision that had to be made. And so... By by doing that, it, it created division in the league because now he goes to Innisfail to try and prove us wrong, and Joey goes with him. Joey Vandermeer goes with him, a good friend of ours at the time, just says, no, I'm, I'm going to go on there. So now we have a division. So we have a team over there trying to take us out, and their hatred was uh, was so was so infectious to our league, I felt, that I mean, it wasn't just me. I mean, Curtis Ostring, Johnny Moe, we talked about it at length, that the league changed them. Once we changed and Suts went to Innisfail and there was a team, you know, trying to take us down and, and good on them, good for them, go go for it. But they were doing it in a fashion that was so violent that uh, we couldn't, uh, we, I didn't enjoy it anymore. So it was, it was, it was all we could do to just get through the regular season, get through the league, and then we could get on to the Allen Cup. We were no innocent. We weren't innocent. No. I remember the low point of maybe our career was Sheener hitting Ryan Smith. I mean, that's maybe the low point of our career is, is our man takes out Smitty in a late hit that's as hard as a train hitting a freaking rabbit uh and it was the low point and then fighting about it internally in the league was was part of the demise and i i defended sheener because he was you know exactly what we wanted for in a player because he was a guy who just showed up every time and just said as long as there's a stick in my hand i'll play forever and he gave you everything he had and he was just a wonderful teammate and uh but when he took out smitty that hurt our league dr- tremendously yeah, it was it was it had, it had repercussions in a lot of ways and we we you know, you, you hoped a million times over that it just wouldn't happen, that it would never happen. Yeah, you could just take that moment back, yeah. and, and he'd do the same. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, our league was dysfunctional, and we tried, uh, but it just couldn't uh, it couldn't sustain itself. It wasn't fun. Rosetown wasn't having a lot of fun. We'd have a lot of talks. That's not fun. We, we did get a good player, and he'd get concussed because he had the puck five minutes ago. Like, I'm talking – we're talking late hits. Like, he's getting hit on Tuesday from behind, uh, and we played Saturday night. Like, it was there were some gross hits. How should – triple a allen cup you know qualifications in an ideal world how should it work in the west 
tough question. I, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we battled for years uh, and I don't have that answer because everybody's situation is so different. It's not like a, a junior league where everybody's kind of in the same situation where there's, you know, a couple paid people running the team and then you've got your volunteers and you've got your players coming from all over and there's nothing like our hockey. And so it probably has to be independent because it's so different. You'd have to have a board of people willing to make decisions. Um, I've thought about incarnating it in another world, in another time, maybe in a few years where it's kind of like spring hockey for kids where there's showcase weekends and, and tournaments. Um, it's hard to say what could be done. We had a wonderful thing going, but uh, it all depends on how many people are paddling, right? How many people are in that boat pulling on it? And some, there's one guy running the team over here. Well, he's not going to make it. And uh, so it, it's, it's tough. Senior hockey's tough. It'll come back. It, it always does. Um, I just don't know if we'll see it like it, like it was. Um, it'll have to be in a different way. Um, but there was a lot of stipulations and a lot of rules that we couldn't get to change that, you know, emails and letters and meetings and efforts by a lot of good people trying to get change made. Made no changes in 20 years. is Probably the most frustrating part for us. Um, all was good winning those four banners, but <clears throat> the change we made to the hockey to make it more sustainable didn't, didn't happen. I don't think it, I don't think we went anywhere with it in 20 no. years. In all honesty, we didn't we didn't make any 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 inroads to make to make it last, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, because it's so valuable to all those towns and all those communities and all those people. If, if every team has similar people play senior hockey, you you and I and Wes and Travis we're all cut from the same cloth, and and every guy on every team that's ever played senior, that's the same type of guy you want to be around with. Those are good people, hockey loving guys who love the game, love a beer after that camaraderie. That, that senior hockey, it, it's special and it needs to be played. But um, we were uh, we were not on the same page around here. And so in the West, it's tough. Uh, we lost BC after the 14 season. Uh, BC couldn't make a go of it. And that hurt us a lot with no McKenzie Cup because the McKenzie Cup was a very special series for us. And, uh, you know, we, when you could have five nights in a row of 2,000 people of that grinding, physical, exciting hockey, those were magical nights. And uh, uh, so the West... The West fell apart when, especially a big chunk of it when BC fell off. We 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 call it on our on our program sticks and gas. Um, you know, throughout the years, I've asked uh, every senior team that we've done, what was the craziest ask that you ever had from a player, Travis? Maybe a guy that you know you were trying to get, or a guy that you played with. Craziest ask that a guy uh, was shooting for. Not a real crazy ass, but couldn't believe it. What was his name? He was drafted by L.A. I brought him up, drove him up from Calgary, brought this guy up, drafted by L.A. He was and eventually went back to play at USC, and he came. And he's like, hey, what's this league really all about? I'm sure Jeff was probably the guy that talked to him or Wes. And, you know, this particular fellow already had money in the bank. His parents were well-known around town. And, uh, you know, his, his biggest things, you know, it's like, so what do you guys pay? Like two thousand bucks a game, twenty five hundred bucks a game, and I won't. I remembered his name now, but I won't say it. And and I mean at that time it was, no, actually it's not. It's it's we don't we, we don't pay nothing at that time. You know, and another example, uh, the good way was I was bringing up another guy from Calgary. Actually, it was a guy from uh, two guys from Strathmore, myself, and we picked up this guy. In uh, in Calgary at the uh, the Airdrie uh, uh, Petrocan, and we got up to towards the 9:30 practice. We got there at about 7:30, and we stopped at the local liquor store and grabbed some 
some road pops to the drive home. And he's like, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, the liquor store is closed when our practice is done. So we're just getting some beer for the way home. And this guy couldn't believe this. Of course, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that anyways. But at the time, it was kind of a, the thing. And uh, by about two or three weeks after we uh, had been doing this on a regular business, well, he, he was like, don't forget to stop at the liquor store, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of the good and the bad. But, you know, we, we, we had built a, a culture uh, and an expectation by Travis being the pioneer to come down Highway 2 from Calgary all those times. And then Rubes, Sean Robertson doing the same. Uh, with Brett Thurston and those boys and, and, and even like Robo and, and Teagues and all, we have so many guys that would just, can, Jesse taught just so consistently come down the highway and in, in our vehicle for 50 bucks a gas and they would come down. Well, how could we get, so when Mel Engelstad pulls me into the, into the office that time in 12 and says, I don't think you understand how far away Fort McMurray is. A <laughs> hundred bucks ain't going to fill my truck. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't want you. <laughs> how can you get 10 times what the other guys who travel get the locals get nothing these guys get 50 you want 500 to go i don't think you understand how far away it is mel your your biceps are huge and, and you're an intimidating guy and i've seen your fight tapes and you're a hell of a guy but this is it like you're you're gonna take our gate and uh that, that was the end of that i mean if you could have if you could have a saturday night if you could get or a wednesday night or any night if we could get you once if we got you once you were hooked because that that whether it was Wednesday night and the beers and the meal and the and the and the just the the goings on of how many how many men were there taking their time to to be at practice uh, we had as many off ice staff at practice as on ice um, so when you got there and you realized and people are tripping over themselves to try and help you and outfit you in gear um, and get you a job and so that's what we you know so many of those men were occup- uh, occupationally employed through us through a contact. Um, you didn't have to. They were hooked. Well, you, I, wanted, you had I wanted a list of names to tell you how many guys we employed. Not with our businesses per se, like the ones we run, but but jobs that we had gotten through the years. And that that's a huge thing that nobody talks about much. But it was just a big part of the secret of how we did it. They said, well, they paid. They had to pay, 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 pay. That's all you ever heard. No, no, like a lot of it was just good good paying jobs, legitimate jobs. With Given, given those young men places to go where the companies today we're damn glad to have them should i it's a long list still of, of the people that we helped in those situations and i mean they helped themselves in the sense of their resumes and where, where they come from what they did we got a lot of tier two kids we went to tier two in a big way because we felt they were a little more employed like we, we could get them jobs a little bit easier than the ones that come see out of the western league it was, it we was, did everything we could to set hard. them up you know, we'll, hey, we'll, we'll pay that first month's rent or maybe even two months of rent. Like we did our share. Trust me. We did our share to, to Alan gave that member that Monday gets a truck. We get this old hailed out piece of shit truck, but sure, go ahead. It'll run. It'll probably get you from here to work. Wes has got them in a, more linen and coffee tables. And so Emily and Lundy are set up and, and you know what? And he took off and he's still employed there today. You know, it, it spans a lot of years and uh, hockey sticks alone changed so much from 2001 to 2019 budget of running this team you know the early years to you know the end where there was a lot of travel you know in in the allen cup west league and and all that uh, you know what were the budgets and and the discrepancies in those throughout the years 
I don't know. Like if we we went we went from probably thirty grand to. to well, yeah, I was going to say times ten, probably yeah. in the late years, at least maybe even maybe even times fifteen and a couple. Of Depends a year. Are you traveling to Newfoundland? Because it's going to take you sixty, seventy grand to go to Newfoundland for a week. So if you take forty-three people to Newfoundland at fifteen hundred bucks a flight, and and Hockey Canada is going to give you when you get there, you probably. Get, I remember trying to pay the guy in the hotel in Newfoundland in forty thousand dollars in cash or whatever it was. And he's like, I'm buying a Harley. <laughs> this ain't going through the hotel. I'm buying a Harley. <laughs> and, and I'm like, fuck, man. Well, then this, we got to do some negotiations. So then I'm grinding on the guy in his little office as he smokes his stogie. And I'm, I'm counting just 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. You know, we did more. We, we tried to get Hockey Canada to understand, Hockey Alberta to understand that these tournaments, when you, when you were going to Newfoundland, Newfoundland's awarded the, the tournament, helped the teams ahead of time and book the flights ahead of time because it's so much cheaper to do that through WestJet and Air Canada and those but you don't we so we find out three weeks ahead of time they're going to Clarenville, Newfoundland and it's Easter. And I'll tell you what, when you fucking phone and make that call and see what they're worth per ticket. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, 1500. Yeah, I thought it was about sixteen hundred yeah. per chair. Yeah. To that to that trip. And you know they we could have got that for four hundred bucks per per guy yeah, so yeah. we booked ahead. I mean this is, you know we're having we're having functions where our guys are auctioning off. We got we're we're having ladies' night galas where the guys are dressing up and, and we're dancing with every coog in central Alberta. We're trying to fundraise. It's unbelievable what we're doing. And uh it was just it was it was wild, it was fun. We had a wonderful group. We learned a lot along the way from those good organizations like Stony Plain. Power River. River was was really really cool. We spent we, we spent some money to go out there twice in in the in the early two thousands. We went out there in two thousand and two, and we went out in two thousand and seven, I believe. Jeff, we went out there and played an exhibition. Right. Those were valuable trips. We learned a lot from Sutter when he was there. The time he was there, we learned a ton from Brian. Learned learned some things that we would have never ever got to see or do before, and and those those were all. Um, there were all lessons learned. And the, the crazy thing about that hockey all the years from day one is that there was always somebody to straighten you out. And, and, and te- there was no none of this back-to-back winning. We could never win back-to-back. Thought we could. But that hockey challenged enough. And it kept me coming back all those years. And Jeff and, and all of us just because it was hard. It was hard to win. So when you did win, I mean, it was huge. I mean, all four of them were not, not maybe maybe as important as the first one, but all four were pretty damn special to win, like pretty amazing. You'd think you'd get there the next year and shit. If we go back in the history, like we just got mopped in 10 and mopped in 11 <laughs> and shit kicked in 12 by Horse Lake again. And seven years later, mm-hmm. we said there's no way they don't have what they have at the time we played them in 05. And shit, we go play them in 12. And we're beat again. We didn't even get to, like, it was crazy how good they were on that team. And they didn't go anywhere after that either. But it was, I mean, nobody talks about 12. But that team was tough. COVID's really screwed things for uh, for hockey, especially senior hockey the last couple of years. You guys, uh, you know, step away from things in 2019. Do, you know, is it, you never say never? Or, you know, would, would there ever be an outside chance that uh, the Generals at some point would uh, would fire it back up and uh, make an Allen Cup run? Yeah, I would never say never. I would. I mean, what we had was very special. The world is different, right? so different today. But uh, as long as we're breathing, there's a chance that the band could get back together because they're all here. The, these people, 
uh, the Wes's and myself and, and Alan Ward and Boyd, all these, the people that Rubes, the people that were running it, we just, we just kind of walked away. So um, is it possible? Sure. Never say never. We, we loved it more than at an unhealthy rate. It was, it was like nothing I'd ever loved uh, outside of, you know, your wife and your children. I, I've never, I've never seen anything like it that burned inside of me. Like, like the generals did. If there was besides, you know, yourselves, sponsors or a couple of guys that just put everything into it that never played never coached you know like i said just just a booster supporter sponsor that you guys would like to give a shout out to well that list is long it's hard to do that you know there was people that just every year you'd get a little check in the mail and you and they'd ask you is that enough it's it's the best we can do you know haunch and Teresa. it's the best we can do but we'll take this for now and and Jack Tremaine, and, but Alan Ward, and Jim Quinn, and Darren Paul. How could you, the list, Colin Watts, the list is so long. Um, the Viking projects were huge. Viking projects, oh, God. ATV was huge in 13. Well, I, I remember, I remember first time we went to the island down to Quebec. And I, and, you know, I, I can't remember the number we had to raise. I think it was 50 grand or something like that. And like Jeff said earlier, once we had started to get a little bit of a following then, when we beat Stony and, and went to be in a sail and trail and, and it seemed insurmountable that 50 grand, but just the way the community stepped up and uh, you know, they made it possible. And I, these guys know better than I, where that cash came from, where the support came from. But um, from all accounts, just in talking with Wes on a daily basis at, at work and stuff that, you know, it uh, not that it came easy, but people really helped out when uh, when they realized that we were going the first time. Yeah, people were proud to be from Bentley. You're proud to be from Bentley. West is proud. People were really proud to be from Bentley, and that created something. Uh, it was the perfect storm of a, of a little town that cared, and uh, that little bar in the corner attracting the fans. And and uh, our dressing room, we built a wonderful dressing room that was second to none, and uh, the magic of of a win. And then an influx of the girlfriends and wives and kids and parents coming into that dressing room and, and the, the meals and the beers after. And, and so you're, you're, you know, you've got your 20 players and you've got your 20 spouses and then you've got your parents and friends and workmates and the parties that would happen in that dressing room after a game. Uh, people never wanted to leave. Uh, it, was, it was spectacular. Uh, so the, the, uh, the power of camaraderie was such a steroid for us that, uh, yeah, those, those boys just uh, – couldn't get enough of it. And so it was infectious. So we, we had a, a surrounding that was, in, you know, affectionately called the army. Uh, I have memories of going tapping on the glass to, uh, to Rita Giesbrick before she died in her wheelchair. They were, one, took her to one last game in Bentley. And that was Wade's mom. That was what, that was what it truly made Wade a crazy a super fan it was, you know, her mom and dad and family believing in us. And then, you know, on her deathbed, uh, wanting to see one more generals game. And there was a lot of people that the Bobby Muses, uh, you know the the, the Blackie Mitros. The we lost the Wally Joseph. Wally, Wally, yeah. Look at Wally Joseph. There was people that we lost along the way that reinforced us because they were part of it. And uh, we just lost one of our alumni, Robbie Hartnell. And we'll celebrate his life, you know, when when COVID allows it, and uh, we'll do it right. No, I don't think we just worked hard. I mean, it wasn't that we're any more special or any, any anything that we've done that's that different than anybody else, except we just stayed with it. We just stayed with it. And, and those tough years were probably the easiest thing we could have did time and time and time again is just quit. Don't do it anymore. But we just kept going. For some reason, we pull it together and keep it going. And like the old saying, if you build it, they will come. And they did. 
and, and I mean, they just didn't quit coming. I mean, and the, 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 the town itself, Barney, I mean, it's, you're, you're from Saskatoon. I mean, a bigger, obviously big center and, and Bentley's a thousand people, but that town has just produced that little tiny town has produced a little bit of everything in the entertainment industry. You, you name it, it's got it in it. And it's got three or four people there that always had came to me and maybe not Jeff as much, but to me and said, what are we doing this year? How are we going to win? It's not good enough. You're not good enough. We could win by 10 goals. You're still not good enough. And I can name those names. And I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 but, but there was always that driving force quietly behind the scenes. When we were out in Rosetown three years ago, and I remember that one gentleman come to me and he's in his nineties. And he said to me, look, I got to talk to you about a couple of things. He said, I don't like our goaltending. This year. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, you know, and he, he had a few really solid points to just throw right at me. And then you, so those things are, are just the people were special. I mean, they just, and, and I mean, they're no more special in Alberta than any other province or place in the world. But, the, but yeah, we, we, we were, we were fortunate to have a lot of really good people around us and that helped. Yeah. I really put the boys on the spot there asking them to, I guess, point out some people along the way but there was probably so many in all those communities around and man it's just really hard to fathom 10 of 12 years in the allen cup final let alone just going to the bloody tournament in the final 10 of 12 years fantastic job from everyone involved in that franchise over the years this was a great one to do really special hope it painted the picture and just gave you listeners out there some insight into this franchise of course on the monday nooner we always talk senior hockey we're going to have more senior hockey specials coming your way please share this on all the socials to people that might be in 